everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Little Spooky, show where we talk about things that spook us just a little bit, like cryptids, conspiracy theories, UFOs, or that mysterious substance at the bottom of a middle school boy's locker. My name is Colleen. What's up, dorks? I'm Everett, and I will say that substance is probably a mix of Axe body spray and just sweat from reused gym t-shirts. Did anybody in your class ever do axe bombs? Yes, all of us did. Did you? Oh, that's just I'm just cruel. kidding. I, I, no, I have no idea. You don't, do you know what an axe bomb no, is? No, I, I do. Oh, okay. But I never did. For our listeners who don't know, axe bomb is if you hate someone so very much, you take axe body spray and you tape down the nozzle so it continuously sprays and then you throw it into somebody's locker and close the door. Oh, in the locker? Yeah. Oh, I thought it you threw it like in their room, like in the room they were in, like a locker room or something. I mean, I guess wherever you would deploy a bomb. But in the locker is, makes it a, an unwelcome surprise later. For everyone around that locker, too. Well, yeah. Collateral damage. Exactly. So, Everett. Yeah, that's what are we, me. What are we talking about today? Well, before I reveal the secret, I want to kind of dip our toes into conspiracy corner because we may be talking a little bit about conspiracies at the end of the episode. So okay. I want to establish a baseline of your train of thought. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I'm going to ask you 10 questions. They are all yes or no questions. Okay. Don't think about it too much. Just to be honest and truthful. Yes or no. Got it. Got it. All right. So, number one, is the government hiding aliens from us? Yes. Did Courtney Love have Kurt Cobain murdered? No. Did Elvis actually die? Yes. Is there any truth to chemtrails? No. Yes. Yes. Yes? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Did Jeffrey Epstein actually kill himself? No. I thought that was a fact. All right. Is the Bermuda Triangle actually an anomaly that causes airplanes to crash? Yes. Does the New World Order exist? No. Did Hitler fake his own death and escape Germany? No. Was the assassination of JFK organized by anyone other than Lee Harvey Oswald? Undecided. You have to say yes or no. No. And lastly, best for last, currently as they are now. Are the Freemasons currently anything other than a frat for old dudes? No. It's literally just an old dude frat. I, they smoke cigars and they donate to children's speech disorders. Got it. <laughs> well, they, there, there were some nuggets in there that I was not expecting you to answer the way you did. What but do you mean? Which ones? The chemtrails ones specifically. But maybe we can talk about that another day. Because <laughs> that's not what we're talking about today. So out of 10 questions... You answered four in the possible conspiracy mind of thought, which I think that's about average four or five. Just yeah, I mean, just I questioning think, it. Think, it's not saying you necessarily believe in it. It's just right, and that's what I, I want to clarify that about chemtrails. I wouldn't say I believe in it, but the possibility is there. I think I've watched too many X Files. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, the truth is out there. Just ask Alex, Alex Jones. Exactly. Well. Our topic for today is the Dyatlov Pass incident. 
I have heard of this. I have very limited knowledge. I'll go over a brief summary in a little bit, but the reason I wanted to do those conspiracy questions is because no one really knows what happened with this incident, or at least no one knows how it happened. It's eerie. There's going to be a lot of weird stuff we're going to go through, and there's going to be a lot of possibilities we talk about at the end, some of which are more conspiracy focused. Okay. So just a very brief summary of what this is, in case you don't know. In January of 1959, a group of 10 hikers set out on a ski expedition in the Ural Mountains, and this is in former Soviet Russia, and they were led by Igor Dyatlov, which is now why we call it the Dyatlov Pass. It's not oh. no, initially called that. It's just Do you know what it was initially called? Russian name. Oh, okay. Got so it. I don't gotcha. know. Understood. <laughs> Spoiler alert, all of them die. I'm just going to put that up out front, and we're going to go through all of the details, but just in summary, they... All died, were found later, and there was a brief investigation by the Soviet government. Uh, <laughs> the investigation was closed after only one month, and the cause was listed as a compelling natural force. It was a one-month investigation by the Soviet government? That sounds like it was probably real thorough. Well, it was... They, initially, they didn't even want to take the case. Like, they didn't even care. It's like, who cares? We don't care. But then a group of volunteers of friends and families of the hikers sure. found the bodies and then they're like, something weird happened here. Okay. So then they something jumped in. So many of the odd circumstances surrounding the incident were hidden at first or not known into the public until after the Cold War. So the files that were initially made were classified immediately and then archived. And then we didn't access them till after the Cold War. And when we did, many portions were missing. That's not known if they were intentionally taken out or if it was just poor investigative work. Okay. But either way, that's just a brief summary. Sure. Now we're going to kind of go through detail by detail what happened here. Got you. So this first section is fact. This is what we know for sure happened. The group consisted of eight men and women, all of which were students or associated with the Euro Polytechnical Institute. Each of them were experienced grade two hikers. Meaning? What that means is they were certified to, like, from past experiences that were actually recorded um, of going through similar areas in the past in other areas of Russia. Okay. So, and this actual hike, upon completion of the expedition, they would have all received grade three certification, which is the highest certification you can receive as a hiker. Okay, so they were fairly advanced. Yes, hikers. they were all, all advanced. Of all of them were advanced okay. hikers. They knew what they were doing. They were experienced and this shouldn't have happened basically is the point of this. Sure. But I mean, you could say that the people who climb and died on Mount Everest were also experienced mountain climbers. We'll get into the the who's and what's of this story, but I think Everest is a whole different beast and a lot of people just don't know. They're not cut out for it till it's too late because they're, they just physically can't do it. I suppose. This is a lot different. Okay. So the group recorded their journey with diaries and multiple cameras. So there is a lot of like ah. firsthand evidence of this case. Interesting. During the start of the journey, there were no complications at all, except for one of the hikers, one of the male hikers, did get ill and had to leave on January 28th. So he just so, turned around and went so home. So he turned around and went home before they even got like to the mountains that they wanted to hike through. Sure. So 
of the 10, he was the only one that left and he was the only survivor because he never even left. Sure. So would you count him as a survivor? Well, he was part of the expedition and a lot of sources just leave him out in general. But I thought it was just important to say there was another person that did survive that could have died. Right. So if this was a hike that had started with nefarious purposes, he would potentially have known. Yes. So that happened on January 28th where he turned back. By February 1st, they reached the foot of what was called Dead Mountain. Ominous. They spent the day climbing up this mountain, and they didn't get quite as far as they were hoping and had to set up camp only a couple hundred yards from the peak of this mountain. Okay. Why didn't they just keep going a few hundred yards till they got to the peak? It got dark, and it gets really cold. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. So, this is what... Everything that we just said, that's what's actually documented by the hikers, and obviously... I skip through a lot because that was like three days of stuff but that's sure. those are the important points that's what we know as fact and then after several weeks of no contact from friends or family a search party was formed okay just to rewind real quick mm-hmm. um do we know why they went on this hike this was just a group of 10 friends that wanted to chill yep, in yep. The mountains? they all wanted to get that certification okay and it was kind of just a ski trip okay gotcha February 26th, this is three and a half weeks later, almost four full weeks later, the camp is found by the search party, and this initial search party is volunteers. The first thing that was discovered was the tent. Their tent was covered in a thin layer of snow, so it was kind of peeking out a little bit, which is how they were able to find it, and Mm -hmm. then upon kind of clearing it off and looking at it and examining They discovered that the belongings in the tent were still organized together in an orderly fashion, but the tent had several tears from the inside. How could they tell? I'm assuming this is like a canvas tent? Yeah. I mean, it's not like glass where the glass would fall on the outside or the inside, depending on where you broke it. If you cut into canvas, you're going to be able to tell from the way it frays which side the blade or the sharp object came from. Yep. All right. And just to... To clarify my picture of the tent, I assume it was collapsed. Like, it wasn't standing. No, from from the wind and weather and snow, sure. it had fallen, but all of well, their- Then they, like, re-erected it and noticed that yeah, it Yeah, they, they took the actual tent part off, but everything inside was still organized and orderly. Sure, like Because untouched. the tent was covering it. Got so it. So it was, un, yeah, untouched by the weather. Got it. They had to call it quits after that because the search team, I mean, because they found that tent kind of late in the day and spent a lot of the rest of the day examining it. So the following day, they continued to search for the rest of the hikers. Okay. They followed nine pairs of footprints leading away from the tent to nearby woods. They found footprints a month later? Yeah. And it had snowed? Yeah. How? I mean, I think... I don't know if it had actually snowed, but I think it may have been wind moving snow around. So but was, over the course of a month, it, those it wasn't have been a month. It was about four weeks, not well, even four weeks, but still, because when you're stepping in snow, you're leaving big imprints. They had all their gear and stuff. I yeah yeah. What well, regardless, they found it, and okay, this is right. still the this isn't even the Soviets stepping in yet. This is still the this volunteer is just the family, right? I got you. So they found that these footprints were leading from the tent to the nearby woods, which was about 75 to 100 yards away. They were oddly in an orderly fashion, the footprints. So they weren't trying to run away from the tent. That was clear from the way that the footprints were. But they had cut their way out of the tent instead of just using the entrance or exit. Okay. (laughs) 
the suggestion is that they left calmly and they were not in a panic. That that was specifically put in the report that was added by the Soviet investigation later. They uh, acknowledged this as well, that okay. they did not leave the tent in a panic. Interesting. So they followed these imprints to a cedar tree at the edge of the woods. And there they found the remains of a campfire. Two bodies were at the campfire as well. And these two bodies had only light shirts, underpants, and socks. There were no jackets, no winter gear, hats, gloves, boots, anything. So is it assumed that they walked out of the tent in only their unders? Yes. Or that something took their their goods? Like, why would well, you calmly well, walk out of the tent with just undo? Well, that's, that's half the mystery. I think also, and we'll get to the rest of the bodies in a little bit too, but it's possible that some of the other people took the clothing of others, but regardless, as a whole, the group of nine left like they weren't ready to go out. Okay. So none of them were But they didn't seem scared. Yeah, none of them were completely prepped. Some had like light jackets, but none of them had their like actual full on winter jackets to keep them warm. Okay. So the cedar tree that they, the campfire was right next to, showed signs of being climbed due to broken branches up to 15 feet high. And it was determined that these two died of hypothermia and the temperature was estimated to be 30 degrees below zero Fahrenheit at the time of death. Okay, that makes sense. They only found these two right away. Mm-hmm. It took two months to find the rest of the bodies, and this is around the time that the Soviets were brought in for assistance as well. Three more bodies were found under several feet of snow, facing the direction of the tent. They may have been trying to head back from the fire to the tent, but also died of hypothermia. And we're, I'm to assume that these several feet of snow occurred after the one month yes so like they weren't i'm assuming they weren't able to follow footprints post that it's weird because they would have had to be under the snow right away when the initial investigation was happening but the footprints were still there too so i'm guessing there was like a patch of snow that wasn't as like stable or something because the footprints when the initial investigation or the group of volunteers found the first two bodies, like there's no way those other three bodies would have been above snow because they would have seen them. So they would have still had to be. Okay, so they were, the they were close to the. Yeah. So the, the three bodies were facing the tent, like they were heading back to the tent from the fire. So they were between the tent and the fire. Oh, and trying they didn't to go come... back to the tent and they didn't see them. No, because the they would have place. had to be under several feet of snow. That's crazy. They also had no boots, hats, or heavy jackets. Okay. So these are five total so far. Yeah. Four of the first five were also determined to be intoxicated at time of death. I only included this because when we're talking about what even happened with all these people, that may or may not play a part of being intoxicated. But of the nine, these are the only four that were intoxicated. I'm not a hardcore hiker. And I also don't like being cold or camping or really any of the activities that have been performed thus far. But I would imagine if you are in the middle of what you assume is going to be a fairly difficult hike, Mm -hmm. would you want to get drunk in the evenings? I mean, there's one way to keep yourself warm, too. Well, No, because that leads towards hyperthermia. Well, but they're in their tent and the. I mean, this is something that I was going to bring up later, too, but the tents that they had, 
Igor Dyatlov had like made this own invention of his, like it was a specially designed furnace that like cooked their food, but also kept the tent warm and the exhaust pipe like led out of the tent too. So it was well circulated and everything. Mm. So their tent was warm. Okay. So like it was like a nice little actual camp where they could like relax in the evenings and if they wanted to drink. They weren't expecting to leave this tent. No, that makes sense. I just, I can't imagine being hungover and going wanting to hike several miles the yeah. next day. And, and the investigation also didn't specify like what their blood alcohol may sure. have been either. Like it could have just been, you know, they were just a little bit drunk. They're, not, they're getting right, hammered right. on a hike. <laughs> this is Russia. So those were the first five hikers. The last four hikers were found at the bottom of a small ravine under nearly 10 feet of snow. This ravine was roughly 75 yards from the cedar tree in the opposite direction of the tent. So it's like it's continuing to go away from the tent past the campfire for like sure. another 75 yards, roughly. Right. How did they find him under 10 feet it of snow? It took two months. So this would have been roughly April. Okay. The snow was melting at this point, too. Okay, yes, that makes sense. Three of these four had lethal injuries. One had a fractured skull. Two others had broken ribs and internal bleeding. And the medical examiner believes that the force required for these injuries is similar to that of a car crash. So it could not have been inflicted by another person. What? Okay. He also determined that these injuries were cause were the cause of death and did not occur post excuse me they did not occur post mortem. Okay. Two of the four had their eyes removed and one what? other had a missing tongue. What? So three of the four <laughs> died of injuries. Sure. The last four did die of hypothermia but had a broken nose and an injured neck. Okay. The weirdest thing is three articles of clothing from two of these people were highly radioactive. What? Okay. Why were they testing for radioactivity? This is, I mean, they were, I don't know, probably covering all their bases, but I mean, this is also during the Cold War. So they probably just had that standard issue, like with any sort <laughs> like of, these hikers went missing. Let's see if they're radioactive. Well, they're, it was being investigated by the Soviet military. So. And I, how can I, I'm, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but do you know how the higher ups got pulled in? Like if hikers went missing here, I mean, the U.S. military would not be brought in for. Right. So I think they were brought in because this group of volunteers that were investigated and found the initial two bodies could not find the rest of them and asked for help. And it took, you know, weeks and weeks. And like, we don't know where these people went. Okay. They were also students of this university, like this, you know, state yep, funded yep. university. So they probably wanted to make sure everything was OK. That is what we know as fact from the investigation from the Soviet government. That is what they actually had notated down in their reports. So about a month later, after they compiled all this information on May 28th, the investigation was closed. And as I said before, they said the cause of death was an unknown and compelling force which the hikers were unable to overcome. What does that mean? <laughs> what does I don't know. Mean? So that's what we know. The rest is speculation that I'm about to talk about. Okay. So those are the facts. So regarding the tongue and the eyes that were missing, 
No known details are known about this other than that we are missing. Was it cut out? Was it eaten by scavengers? Were they alive or dead when the tongues and eyes were removed? We don't really know. They didn't look into that or that was just never released? It it wasn't included in the medical examination. Okay. So what we do know is the, the person that had their tongue removed also had blood found in her stomach. We are unsure if the blood in the stomach was caused by the tongue being cut or ripped out or if it was due to the internal bleeding from the damage that was caused from whatever happened to this group of four. Several of them had internal bleeding. This two, was like the- Yeah, one, two people did, including her, and she was also the one that had her tongue removed. But the blood that was found in her stomach, because of also the decomposition that was happening because it sure. was spring too, they don't know if that bleeding happened due to the internal bleeding or if it was because maybe she bit off her tongue or something or when the tongue was ripped out, blood went down into right. her stomach. If she but, was alive when they, or, they pulled yeah, it we out. don't know. Sure, okay. So regarding the radioactivity, no explanation is detailed in the report regarding this other than the actual measurements. And I'm not going to even go into that because it's beyond my expertise. But I will say when I say highly radioactive, it's not like to the point where it's going to make you sick, but it's well beyond the point of natural causes. Got it. So the two that had radioactive clothing People are speculating, did they work in some sort of like factory or something that may have had materials like this? Were they secret agents for the Russian government? Maybe that's why the Soviets got involved. We don't know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and this is all just speculation. These are just points that I'm making that were kind of left out of the report. So there's no way of knowing if the radioactivity was present in their clothing before this incident occurred. Correct. This is interesting because this was not in the report, but these are from other reports from other groups around the same time. Right around the time of the disappearance, three other groups unrelated to this group of hikers reported UFOs. Okay. These UFOs were orbs of light that would streak across the sky, sometimes seconds at a time, sometimes minutes at a time. Hmm. One of these groups were three soldiers. Two of the other groups were two unrelated hiking groups. Okay. The group that were the soldiers reported it the same night as the supposed death of this group of hikers. One other group of hikers reported it the day before, and the other group reported it the day after. So there was a... Three nights in a row. series of... Three nights in a row of apparent UFOs. Sure. And how do they know exactly which day these people died if... It's assumed that it happened on the 29th because that's the last day that they took pictures or wrote in their their diaries or whatever. One thing that kind of adds to this weirdness with UFOs is the last picture that was taken by any of their cameras. And we can maybe post this on the social medias for Nerd Sloth, too. It's very, very blurry, and you can't really even tell what you're looking at, but it is a very bright light that may be in the sky. Okay. Okay. And it's from one of their cameras. I mean, like, they're in the middle of nowhere. Well, not the middle of nowhere, but they're on top of a mountain. It's not like they're just taking pictures of, like, you know. Right. So, like, like there's a possibility this person saw something in the sky, decided to take a picture, and then, boom, weirdness happened. Right. Got it. So... But there are a lot of other possibilities for what these UFOs could be other than aliens. 
So this is during the start of the space race, during the Cold War. There could have been rockets in the sky. There could have been rocket debris. Mm-hmm. Could have just been meteors, too. However, there were no points made in any of the investigations of a crash site, a crashed rocket of any kind, no meteorites found nearby or anything like that. Sure. So the only evidence you have is the word of these people who saw lights in the sky. And if you were to believe this picture, that might support it. But if you look at the picture, it definitely doesn't really look like anything other than a light source in the dark. Got it. So regardless, no real evidence there, but it's kind of something to think about. So what happened, right? Like what caused this death or these deaths? Why was the tent cut open? Why did they leave the tent in an orderly fashion after it was cut open? After making campfire, why did the group split up? What caused the injuries to that group of four? Why did all of them leave without dressing for the cold weather? What are your thoughts? Yeti. I did write down Yeti. (laughs) Did you really? I have have four possible things. Okay, this is um, not my real answer because I, spoiler alert, do not believe in Yeti. (laughs) But... You know, could could have could have been bears, <laughs> radioactive bears. So, so let's let's. I have, <laughs> I have four meat? possibilities here. Let's just do yeti and like anything yes. wildlife related Got first it. because that's the easiest to disprove. So, I really don't think it could be anything like that. Yeti, bears, wildlife, or anything like that because they cut this tent open from the inside. Nothing right. slashed it open from the outside. Right, and they left in that orderly fashion. And only 75 yards away made a fire. Yeah. Well, they had time to make a fire. And why didn't they leave the tent from the door of the tent? Yeah, we don't know. Next possibility, avalanche. That would explain why so many of the bodies found would have been found under so many feet of snow. But it's also possible an avalanche happened after all of them died, too. I mean, I would not be leaving a tent in an orderly fashion if I was an avalanche was... but. It would make sense why they cut the tent open from the inside if something was stuck on the door or something and they had to get out quickly. But it doesn't seem like that's the case. Because if they had time to build a fire a short ways away, then clearly it it wasn't an avalanche. Third possibility. Possible KGB cover-up. Okay, see, now this is where it gets good. So, in the report, they specifically made the point, even though it was so vague that it was an a compelling and un or a compelling natural force that caused the death of all of these people. Basically, that's kind of implying who knows, it was like an avalanche or something, and then they died due to the conditions. It's mm-hmm. just something that they couldn't overcome. Mm-hmm. But they did specifically say they did not expect any crime to have been committed. Okay. What led them to that conclusion? Due to the fact that the medical examination said that those injuries that happened to all the bodies were so powerful that they could not have been caused by another human. It was potentially the strength of a Yeti could have. True. But my point is, maybe it's a cover up because they basically told the medical examiner to say that. Sure. But maybe there was some sort of fight between them, which is what caused them to split up. Maybe they had a fight in the tent, which is why someone cut themselves out. Maybe it was the drunk people, the four of the nine that were intoxicated, got in a fight and said, fuck you guys, and cut themselves out of the tent just in a drunk, you know, rage of some kind. Yeah. 
But either way, that doesn't make sense either. No, no, it doesn't. Here is what I think is the most believable. There are still some holes that are unexplained, but I think this makes the most sense. And from all of my research for this, this was, I didn't come up with this. This is kind of like, I wouldn't even say the most accepted reason, but it makes the most sense to the most people that actually look into it. So these are not official resources. These are just people speculating. Armchair detectives. That furnace that I mentioned earlier was Mm -hmm. of Igor's own design. It's in the pictures of their documentation of the tent, and they were just taking random pictures. You can see this furnace in the back. There is proof that they used the furnace the night of their deaths because there was still cooked food in the tent that was recovered during the initial discovery of the tent. Sure. So they definitely used it to cook food. A lot of people think that when they broke down the furnace to go to bed, there may have still been embers in the exhaust pipe. And when they brought the exhaust pipe in, after several minutes, it may have caused not a fire, but for the tent to be filled with smoke. Okay. Four of those nine were intoxicated. Maybe they did open the door of the tent to try and vent out the smoke, but it didn't work, so they cut holes into the tent to try and vent out smoke so they could breathe. Right. But because four of the nine were intoxicated, I don't think it's that hard to believe that they thought the tent was actually on fire. So they cut larger holes into the top of the tent, which caused it to collapse. And then they're all shit out of luck, and that's why none of them would be able to be ready for the weather, because this happened so suddenly. And then maybe those four convinced the group as a whole that the tent was on fire, which would explain why they walked away from the tent in an orderly fashion, because there's no immediate danger once they get several feet away from the tent. Right. And then they build a fire. And then they build a new fire at the campfire uh, near the tree at the edge of the woods. Right. Now, that explanation, that theory does not explain the ravine. And how those four of the nine had severe injuries. It doesn't explain the radioactivity. It doesn't explain the missing tongue or the eyes or anything like that. But it explains why they left the tent, which is kind of the biggest question. So that, yes, that makes sense. The The bodies at the bottom of the ravine, those injuries couldn't have been caused by falling down the ravine. Possibly, but... Too much impact. I mean, the thing is, if if it happened like that, there would have had to be no snow whatsoever, and it was just a straight fall to rocks and ice below. Okay, and but how do we know how, how it deep was this only was? about twenty, I think, fifteen to twenty feet deep, and oh, I don't okay. think it was a straight drop either. I think it was just like a decline, like a large hill. So right. I really don't think a lot of people say it's probably the fall, but I don't think it was. Okay. That might have fractured some ribs if they fell or something, but I don't think yeah. it would cause internal bleeding. I don't think it would have caused the broken skull. I mean, it may have. It could I don't have caused know. a cracked skull. Maybe. Either way, it does not explain the eyes or the tongue. But, I mean, it's possible scavengers did it, but there's just no details. Because I feel like if they assumed it was scavengers, it would have just put been put in the medical report that... Well, I'm wondering if you just can't put down what you assume. You just have to state the fact that they were gone. Well, 
right that they were gone, but you can tell when, like, I mean, these, these medical examiners are trained to know, like, critters ate out the soft tissue from, you know, the eyes or yeah. the mouth. But all that was said was they were missing. Right. No further details. <sighs> okay. So the logical person in me says that your tent fire theory makes the most sense. At least for the first half. At of least the for story. the first half. And then the, the two that died of hypothermia by the, the campfire, that also makes sense because it's freezing cold. I mean, yeah, it's 30 below zero. Right. I mean, and you're not, I don't know how effective a campfire is going to be if you have absolutely no other gear on other than your undies. Yeah, I think it might give you an extra half hour, but you're not going to last much longer. Right. So I'm wondering if maybe they were all around that fire, those two died and the rest of them continued on in order to find like a maybe a safer location or more insulated location. Four of which fell down the ravine. Yeah, true. But I will say all of these hikers were familiar with this route that they were taking. Yeah. They knew the area. They knew there was nothing nearby. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they may have just been looking for a slightly more insulated area. Yeah. If their tent was completely jacked. I, I will say, though, the only area like that nearby, and I'm sure they all knew this, was the woods where they initially set the campfire at. Right. There was nothing nearby that could have kept them warm or given them shelter other than this patch of woods. Okay. So, I mean, th- there is obviously a reason that they left the fire, but... I don't think it was because they were searching for help because they knew they weren't going to get help. No, I don't think they were searching for help. I feel like I would be like, look, these two people just died. We can't stay here. (laughs) We got to find something else. I think um, I hate to say this, but I think there's probably mundane explanations for all of it. And maybe they're not all related. You know, like the eyes and the tongue occurred later post-mortem from birds that would make the most sense but it's just so odd that it was specifically so unspecific yes okay so that brings me to the conspiracy theory thing and also aliens because what would the what would the russian government have to cover up from this it's just 10 students and nine students unless Two of them were agents for the KGB or some sort but of... But what would their purpose of going on this hike be? Just leisure. But maybe something happened. Like the other ones found out they were KGB? Possible. And it's not like they would have been enemies or anything, but, you know, something happened that we don't know. It may have not even been something that caused them to fight, but something happened to cause them to leave their tent and all die. And something caused the force for four of the nine to yes. be killed that is interesting well there is one more development okay only in february of 2019 the russian authorities reopened the investigation what yeah what are you gonna find i mean i suppose they took the bodies back and i don't know if they even did i think they just kind of looked through all the evidence again probably went to the location again to look for more like geographical type clues mm-hmm so what is there to look at in 2019 well, other than they, to just I don't review know if they the even, note? I don't know if they even released details about the investigation itself. They just came out with a new cause. Okay. Which is? They specifically said the possibility of a crime was non-existent. Okay. Like, oh, wait, uh, that's not it. 
Okay. They just they just <laughs> okay. completely ruled out that a crime happened. Okay. This was all a natural thing that happened or something that wasn't caused by humans. Sure. They determined the cause to be an avalanche. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many things that support it not being an avalanche from the orderly footsteps out of the tent to the two bodies that were just found at the campfire above snow. I mean, all the other bodies were below snow. So I think an avalanche would have had to happen at some point to put the bodies underneath the snow, but I don't think that's the cause of the deaths. And I don't think it even had to be an avalanche to cover the bodies with snow. It could have just been wind causing drifting snow to put them underneath it. Mm-hmm. But that's the official Russian. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. That's okay. That's the... that sounds like a cover up. Yeah, I know. That's that makes me think even more so that it's not even like the Soviets may. Have, I don't think they even did anything like illegal or illicit or wrong they're just hiding something and now it's kind of lost to time because i'm sure most of the people if not all of the people that were part of that initial investigation are probably dead or too old to remember unless they wrote it down and it seems like it was purposefully documented to be generically obtuse and vague so we don't know and I don't know if we ever will know, honestly. Uh, okay. Here's what I want to believe. Shoot me. Shoot it at me. Shoot me. Shoot you. It's all of these these camper men and ladies, camper people, they're peacefully sleeping. When a bright light shines through the tent and they're like, whoa, what the fuck is that? And they scramble to get out of the tent. So in their Days slash sleepy slash perhaps slightly intoxicated confusion. They cut their way out of the tent. And when they get out of the tent, they see that there's like nothing there. Right. Mm -hmm. So now their tent's all fucky. So they can't go back in there. So they orderly walk to to make a campsite slash campfire farther down. Mm -hmm. When two of those bad boys died of hypothermia. Yeah. The other ones are lured by alien overlords farther away and um, murdered with space weapons. (laughs) (laughs) And the KGB knows about this and they're covering it up. So so here's here's what I have to say to that. I feel like in every episode of this podcast, I'm going to have to plug a movie at some point. (laughs) There is a movie called Devil's Pass, which is without a doubt based on this story. Okay. But the ending of the story or the movie shows the death of everyone, but in a way we've never talked about on this episode of this podcast, and I don't want to spoil it, but it is supernatural, and it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> I, give, I give it an 8 out of 10. Watch that movie. If you liked this story, there is an actual conclusion to the movie. I just, it's... <sighs> The the most likely scenario is that it was a weird combination of random events, such as the fire, people dying of hypothermia. That makes sense. Then yeah. maybe an avalanche later, people falling down a ravine and dying of those sorts of injuries. And then, you know, later on, things ate their faces. But it's weird to think that all of that unlucky stuff would happen to one group of 10 people on one night. 
Nine. I just want to point out the nine. Was nine. nine people. It was initially ten, but that yes, one yes, yes. But it just—it seems I obviously anything is possible. It just seems odd that we wouldn't have more information. I'm sorry. What year did this happen? 1959. Okay. I mean, yes, cr- criminal investigating was like still pretty basic, but like you could tell. I'm sure. You could tell if animals had eaten the eyes out of somebody. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why it's so weird that it specifies that that is the case or that it isn't the case. Right. So that's why it just seems so odd. And the the weird like UFO connection to me, I've always I I've never really known much about this case. Like I I knew student hikers die in mysterious circumstances, but I always had it connected to UFOs in my mind. Sort of. And it's a possibility. I mean, out of all of the possibilities, I think like it's one of the weakest ones just because it's like. You think? I mean, it doesn't explain much other than possible radioactivity, but that could have been caused by a lot of other stuff, too. What about like tractor beams and mind control? Well, and the one thing we didn't even really talk about either is. I mean, I did mention briefly that this is like the beginning of the space race during the Cold War. Right. But they're also testing so many nuclear weapons during the Cold War, too. I mean, that literally could have just been these these two people because it was only on it was three articles of clothing on two bodies. Maybe those two bodies were just in the perfect place at the right time that, you know, wind carried nuclear like particles from a test several kilometers away or something like it, it could have theoretically been caused by something like that. Mm-hmm. But because we don't know if those articles of clothing were made radioactive before, during or after this right. event. I'm wondering if like we if this happened today, what technologies we have now that would have you know like if we would be able to tell when these clothes were irradiated and maybe i don't know i honestly kind of still think we're using the same old geiger counters but they're digital now i don't think much has changed i don't like to think that it's all coincident of series of coincidences maybe they're, they accidentally got in the way of some sort of nuclear testing, and that's why the KGB is covering it up, because it was their accidental deaths. And, you know, possible. the government doesn't want people to know they're accidentally killing their own citizens. Very possible. I mean, they were near the peak of this mountain, so they would have been able to see quite a bit across the landscape all around them. I mean, I don't know what the weather was like that night other than cold, so I don't know how visibility was. But, I mean, it is very possible they witnessed something they weren't supposed to. Well, I mean, if that were the case, I feel like they would have died of gunshot wounds (laughs) or poison as opposed to... We don't know. I mean, if it was an avalanche, you know, I don't think they would have died the way they did either. So something is incorrect here. Somebody's covering up something, whether it's something as intense as UFOs or mundane as accidental deaths due to government fuck up. Or it could have just been something as simple as a really poor investigation that wasn't documented properly. Yeah, again, we're talking about Russia in 1959. Soviet Union. Soviet Union in 1959. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean. That's just, I don't, I hate this. I hate this story. (laughs) I don't know. You don't like unresolved stories. No, well, and I don't like one that you could even take supernatural things like a Yeti or UFOs or Something like that. But one of those doesn't explain everything that happened. No. And it seems 
too coincidental that all of those things, like a bunch of different circumstances would happen. But like, you know, what do I know? I, I just... Well, just me. I, that, that's the story. That's all we know. Russia says it's an avalanche now as of 2019. So take it or leave it. But I still would say watch Devil's Pass. It's a very accessible movie and it's about this story. Yeah. Well, interesting that you you have this story because instead of a listener story today, I have some UFO news from fresh off the new year. Okay. We'll start with what this one occurred on January 5th. I'm, I'm, I know I'm dating this episode, but that seems like we do most of the time. Yes. January 5th, there was a strange bright blue mass, aka UFO, seen above Hawaii that like people were able to videotape. You can see a video of it. It's very weird. And then it crashes into the ocean. There were enough people that witnessed it that they called the police and an aviation regulator. What it looks like is like a long blue line. And it's like moving vertically. It is like a vertical line moving horizontally in the sky. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it flickers out and drops into the ocean. Have you heard or seen any of this stuff about these new rockets that can go into space and then return and land no but if that was a well-known fact wouldn't wouldn't that have like i haven't seen the video yet i'm gonna watch after we record this but i'm just that's just what i'm picturing because it's like kind of like a vertical line that's moving horizontally and then kind of just goes into the ocean yeah almost like it's landing because that's how this rocket works i'm sure that's not the case but i'm just saying that's how i'm picturing it Uh, yeah, it's just a little, I don't know. I feel like if the, if that were the case, that would be easily trackable. You'd be able to find yeah, that's that. that's true, yeah. And this happened on the 5th. It is now the 11th today that we are recording this. And no updates. And there have been no updates. But people are... Confused and scared. Yeah, I mean, this was right before a crazy uprising at the Capitol. <laughs> so it's been twenty twenty one is a nightmare. But and basically, what you're saying is it's been overshadowed by other. Names. Yes, other things have happened. Yes. But if we're going to keep talking about UFOs in America and just what a nightmare America is right now, in approximately one hundred and eighty days, the government is going to have to release a report. On its UFO findings of From... a UFO report to be published in 180 days, thanks to U.S. relief bill. So like the cor- oh, yeah, the that... most recent coronavirus relief bill in the United States was and like 5,900 pages. Wait, before you keep going, I know who did it, too. Marco, Marco Rubio. Rubio. Yep. I knew it because I knew he's had like a weird boner for like extraterrestrial life investigation and like UFO stuff. Yeah. So, like, it's just weird that, like, this weird conservative Republican senator is also like, hey, show us them aliens. Yes. It's just, and it's weird that he just slipped it into a coronavirus relief bill. I know well, there was a lot of junk slipped into there, I mean, but they like. wanted to get that passed. So, but like, wanted, that is a weird one to he prioritize. Sh- he shot his wad because he knew it was going to get passed regardless. So, it's like, hey, Why I've been put- trying to get this passed forever. <laughs> I'm going to sneak this in because no one's going to read it. Here's, Isn't it like five or six thousand pages? It's fifty six hundred pages. Yeah. Here's what is technically required. And this all of this information 
according to law, has to come out within the next 180 days. The report must include a detailed analysis of unidentified aerial phenomenon data and intelligence reporting collected or held by the country's intelligence agencies. The report must also identify any incidents or patterns that indicate a potential adversary may have achieved breakthrough aerospace capabilities that could put the United States strategic or conventional forces at risk. I'm, I'm not sure if I missed something. So he's wanting all of this provided to the public yeah. or to Congress? And it's, I believe it's the public because I, there are obviously there are several articles about this, but the first ones that come up, if you just look it up, are Australian news, UK news, and they're all like, hey, we're going to find out what the U.S. knows. So it's, it's, so it's like the, the actual United States like press syndicates are trying to keep this hush hush or something because uh, it's all coming from international news. I don't know. But the possible outcomes of the report are twofold and not necessarily linked to extraterrestrials, which makes sense because this yeah, report you- could detail, I guess they would be UFOs to us, but other other countries with advanced aerospace right. yeah. technology. UFO literally doesn't mean aliens. It just means something in the sky we can't identify. Right. So. But that's also not ruled out as a possibility. Right. So of if course. extraterrestrial life or knowledge or technology is involved, that would have to be put in the report. Yeah. Then again, well, like, <laughs> quote, have to be put in yeah. the report. And the Pentagon officially acknowledged some video footage of unidentified aerial phenomena. That were filmed in 2004 and 2015. Yeah, I've seen those videos. It's they're very like they're the videos that come from like the actual jets themselves. And it's very weird footage that I'm not used to because it's like they're moving so fast. So it's kind of hard to like get the perception needed for what you're even looking at. But it is very odd footage of like, what is that in the sky? Mm -hmm. I want to believe it's aliens, but possible. It's I mean, either way. Obviously, the government will probably lie to us, but if they weren't lying, it would be interesting to know what kind of like drone technology that like China and Russia. has. Yeah. What are those UFOs? Like, what is it? It doesn't have to be aliens. But like, is there some like foreign military that has like a crazy advanced flying brains? Yeah. And if that's the case, what else can we use that technology for? Like, how advanced are we as a people? Do the rest of us just not know? In we can't even storm the Capitol correctly. So, <laughs> so yeah, I know. We're not really we're, that we just took ourselves back a couple decades, but I just think that's crazy. What? Let's see. Um, on the Tucker Carlson show, one man quotes, "Well, it's interesting because Senator Marco Rubio said he would rather this was aliens because if it turns out to be China or Russia, then we're in big trouble." Because the sorts of speeds and maneuvers and accelerations that these objects are capable of is real concerning. I hope we find out about that. So, Me so, too, sir. So he's insinuating that if it's China or Russia or any enemy, earthly enemy, we're screwed. We're fucked. But if it's aliens, oh, we're fine because yeah. they're friendly. <laughs> no, the thing is, there's an expectation that if it's an earthly adversary we'd be able to figure out how to deal with it eventually. But if it's extraterrestrials, we're fucked no matter what. So it at least would be interesting to know if it was, <laughs> if it was them. Yeah. Well, Marco Rubio, I hope you get what you wanted. And I would like to see some evidence as well of possible aliens, but apparently there were some leaks just some. before Christmas. 
Sitting in Office of Naval Intelligence is an organization called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. They're probably the ones drafting this report. Some leaks suggest that they have not ruled out the extraterrestrial hypothesis. You know what's interesting, though? I mean, who wants to read a report of your hypotheses? I, that, that's just as legitimate as my hypotheses, really. Well, Might I mean, well. I, it's also going to be a report of the actual evidence that they have that is currently classified. Yes, yes, yes. And that will be very interesting. But, like, give us the facts, bruh. I, I mean, take it or leave it. I don't know. I just, I am going to be taking any new UFO knowledge with a huge grain of salt. Any information that comes directly from the American government. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just, the thing is, like, even even the person who is president, whether it be Trump, Biden, whoever comes after, whoever has been in the seat before, I don't think the president is ever told 100% of the truth either. I think it's fractured on purpose. No one knows the whole truth except for, like, the smoking man from Pretty the Pretty much, yeah, like someone that's ingrained in like the bureaucracy of the government that will never leave until he dies. Like they're the ones that are running everything in regards to aliens. Right. If they exist. Right. Do you remember um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where the president of the universe is Zaphod Beeblebrox, but he's just like a figurehead right. that people vote for, but really it's like this shadowy universe government that just controls what he does and so they have That's, purposely elected a dumb person to be president yes that is what is happening in america on a micro scale in comparison to a galactic or universal government but Though micro scales tend to reflect macro scales we could just be mimicking what's happening in the far the greater universe or none of this is real right back to the matrix let's just bring every episode yes. back to the matrix well, I've got to keep us grounded somehow. Sure. I think that's all we got for today. Um, yeah, if you have any cooler theories, let us know. <laughs> let us email us at um, contact at nerdsloth.com. If you got any interesting UFO stories, if you've seen a UFO, if you've got, you know, spooky stories, ghosts, Ghost. conspiracies. Do you believe in any conspiracies? Why? Let us know. Do you have any topics you want us to talk about? Yeah, that too. Um, if you would prefer to send us a DM on either Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, all of those are at NerdSlothHQ. Send us stories. Send us whatever you want. Yeah. And also, one thing we haven't plugged, I think, in any of our episodes, if you would like, we have a Discord as well. Maybe we should uh, we'll just post the invite link on all of the socials as well the same day this episode goes up. So if you want to join the Discord, you can do that, too. Yeah. You know, my fellow Americans, stay safe out there. Heard that. <laughs> well, I love y'all. All right. We love you. We will talk to you next week with a slightly more lighthearted story. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.